pretty hard to talk to other men about your mental health and how you're feeling and it can be quite difficult to express your emotions. At the Pottery Studio, we would like everyone who comes through the door to find stillness through the pottery process. We believe the mindful aspect of working with clay is beneficial to one's mental health. As we approach November, we'd like to do our bit to raise awareness for mental health. And this year, we've asked some guys to put their hands up and just jump behind the mic and have a general chat about their position on the topic and how they've dealt with their own struggles. The idea is to create a space where guys feel comfortable opening up and hopefully becomes a catalyst for other guys to speak up when they're feeling low. We'll also be donating all the proceeds from men who come try one of our classes at the studio this November and they'll be going to Grab the Life by the Balls Charity and the Movember Foundation. Hope you enjoy. Hello. Welcome to the studio. My name's Rod and we've got Jai as well with us and we're um, about to get into some mental health. Robbie, on a um, scale of 1 to 10, where would you say your mental health is currently sitting? With my mental health, I would say I'm about a 6. Yeah, why is that? Well, it's about a mediocre, but on the, on the, on the positive side of the mediocre. But, you know, you've got to take every day differently. Every day is a new day. You know, some days I'll be really down. I'll be, I feel like a 2, a 1 or a 2. And there's other days where something special is going to happen or a good event's coming up and, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling on top of the world, like happiest man alive, but... It's not always like that. When you're feeling down, do you feel like you can reach out to your mates and talk about it as a guy in society at the moment? Or how do you um, feel? Some specific mates, yeah. But as a whole, generally no. It's pretty hard to talk to other men about your mental health and how you're feeling. and you know, It can be quite difficult to express your emotions. Why do you think that is? Um, well, for me personally, I struggle to um, yeah, I struggle to, to talk about how I'm feeling and what I'm express how I'm feeling, like verbally. I don't really know. Like, it's just crazy emotions going on in my body, and it's hard to explain to someone how I'm feeling because you don't know. You don't know if they know how you're feeling, if they've been through the same thing or not. Yeah, I can relate to that, I think. And, I mean, sometimes I think actually just writing it, maybe typing it or Mm. writing it down, writing those thoughts down can help. Have you ever done that? No, I've actually never wrote down my my feelings or what I'm thinking. I usually just deal with them in my own head. Do you think that's a... um, Like, do you think that helps you or do you think maybe you would like to be able to... Talk to more people about it. Uh, it would be it would be good to have more f- friends that I could talk to about it and feel more comfortable talking to about my mental health state. But I do talk to some professionals. I go talk to some psychologists and you know, try and get professional help because you know you don't feel judged that way and that you know that they're dealing with this all the time and you know you can relate to them. And have a good connection with them. 
What do you think stops you from opening up to mates and close friends about mental health stuff? Um, I'm not going to say that, that it's embarrassing. I'm not going to say that it's embarrassing. Like I, wouldn't, I, know, I know that if I was going to speak to my friends about my mental health, I know that they wouldn't be, I wouldn't be embarrassed. But, you know, they can... You know, it's like the old Aussie way, like, she'll be right. Like, you know, you can get over it. Like, don't think like that. You know, it's, it's like brushed under. You know, you I feel like that's slowly changing at least a little bit. Definitely, then, I do agree. Sure. Yeah, that's sort of part of what this campaign is, trying to get guys to to open up. Yeah. Do you have any sort of stories about when you're in your lowest, lowest um, parts, how you turned it around? Or uh, I'm not going to say that it was my lowest, my lowest part, but... In two, late 2017, I was I went to the Philippines for for a quick holiday, quick surf trip with my dad, and I came home to Australia for a weekend, and then I actually flew to Mexico after the following week. And my partner at the time, she was in Europe, and we both met in Mexico. And within two weeks of living there, we um, we fell pregnant, and that was a big. You know, I was I was 20 at the time. And yeah, it was crazy emotions going on. I was I was in Mexico. You know, I wasn't home. I didn't have anything at home. Didn't have a job. Didn't have a car. I had about when I came home, I had like three hundred dollars to my name, and I knew that within like seven months, I was going to be a father of of a, of a of a baby. You know. That was one of the biggest mental challenges that I've had, really. Like, it's, I knew that I had to sharpen up and, you know, I had a big responsibility ahead of me. And it was really challenging for me because I was still trying to find myself. Like, you know, I still am trying to find myself, you know. Like, it's hard to try and be a role model for someone when you're not really the best version of yourself. You know what I'm trying to say. So what did you do in those seven months leading up? Um, I worked my ass off, man. I tried to I tried to just get get ahead, trying to do the best that I could. Ended up buying a pretty cool van. You know, and try, we wanted to try and create like a homely environment, like our own little home. Like obviously we couldn't go out and afford to buy a house, but um, you know I we, we always dreamt about you know living the van life and travelling around Australia in the van. And so we did, man. I, I worked my ass off and we, we bought this van real cheap. And, um, yeah, slowly over time, I just kept working on it, kept working at it. And, um, yeah, it came together and we had a little home. So it was pretty satisfying when, you know, we were pretty self-sufficient. So you did do the trip around? We, we, no, we didn't do the trip around Australia, unfortunately. Do you feel like you're a good role model now for your kid? Like that built you up? I know that I can be a better role model, but I'm definitely a better person, a better role model than what I was when I was over in Mexico. I'm definitely a changed man. I have two children now. And um, yeah, it's definitely changes your life, changes your life for the better. You, know, you see things differently. But, you know, you still have challenges. For sure. There's nothing like having a kid to try and give you a wake-up call. Hey? Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a yeah, big challenge. Have you ever tried anything like meditation or something like that, or do you practice anything like that just to get your thoughts? Yeah, I, I do meditate. Yeah, not often as I should. It's it's I should make it a daily thing, but you know it's probably four or five times a week. Well, that's good. But yeah, yeah. What sort of meditation are you practicing? Um, yeah, I'm just. Meditation's funny because everyone has their own version of how it should be. For sure. You know? Like, I just feel like you should find your own way of how you want to meditate. I meditate out in the surf. You know? I was going to say that. Even play? Yeah. Like anything like that. Yeah. And I feel like I can actually meditate with my eyes open. You know? Like, if I'm out in the back of the surf, I'm just looking out in the ocean, like... That's better than just looking in a dark place, you know. I'm looking at a calm ocean where it's just a really calm environment and it's just me. Yeah, that's, that's how I like to meditate. I think for me, I make sure I surf every morning. It sounds cheesy, but for me it definitely uh, calms down my whole mind. You come out mm. a completely different person to definitely. to what you've gone in. Mm. Uh, is there any other sort of activities that you do? Uh, I do exercise. Exercise for sure. Yeah. yeah, just yeah. just in a home gym. Like I don't you know, go to the gym and try and be you know some hothead. Yeah. But I think know. there's too much ego in big yeah. gyms sometimes. I used to, so. I, I did used to be one of those egotistical gym pe- person, in but that, yeah, I changed that because I didn't. I knew that wasn't the person that I wanted to be. When you were at your low, did you reach out to anyone? Like family or? I mainly just to my partner, man, at the time. Yeah. Because you know, we were going to, you know, it was just us. You know, we, were, we were the pregnant couple. Mm. You know, we just tried to bounce off each other. Yeah. She had crazy emotions going on as well, you know, being pregnant and, and everything. Mm. And definitely a big respect for women after. After they go through, yeah. Mm. I mean, I can't really relate yet. (laughs) It's amazing. What would you say your biggest learning curve was from going through downs like that? Like, do you think that's you need to go through those to be a better person? Or Um, I don't think that you need to. I think you need to. People need to realize that your mind can be so powerful. Can it can be. Your worst enemy, and it can be the greatest thing, you know. Like, I just feel like you need to try and have good practice at training your uh, positive thoughts. Sorry, yeah, have you ever tried to do that? I remember one day I actually just tried to say positive mantras over and over which sounds super cheesy and I think they say you shouldn't do that too much but it just shows you how much your thoughts create the chemical reactions in your body like your emotions yeah. like if you got the same story track playing over and over and over I do I do agree you definitely you feel it yeah yeah well, you know if you're thinking negatively man and you're just thinking all these bad thoughts you're not you're not really gonna have yeah a great day you know like, well, your mental state is not going to be the best that it can be. But if you, like you were saying, just keep 
trying to think positively and have um, just positive thoughts all the time. Yeah. Then yeah, definitely. I don't know. I'm just thinking, you know, Sophie's been working with me for a year and she's actually moving on to another job and it's like, you know, sad to see her go, but I could look at it like, you know, got no marketing manager, um, like a really good, like, I suppose, almost business partner. She's, like, always there um, for both companies. And I guess I could be a victim of the situation and go, like, everything's going to fall apart. Or I could just, you know, look at, you know, all the things that we now need to focus on and improving in the business. Um, You know, take on what she said. Um, You know, I suppose make the company less vulnerable to someone leaving. Um, All these things that... You know, it, there's positives coming out of it. So I suppose you can sit down and cry about it mm-hmm. or you can just accept that this is what it is and then move on, yeah. So I suppose it is you do change your reality by just changing the way you look at it because yeah. you just choose the next path. Like I could choose to, I don't know, close the studio down or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. They could go really negative in it and just go there, the world's melting or I can uplift and make it even better. Yeah, where do, you, where do you sit on that? Um, it's probably a hard question. Like you said, you came out of, um, you've got days where you're, you know, a two and then you're a days when you're a six and a ten. It, it, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know, I practice Vipassana, I'm not sure if you've heard that meditation before, that um, there's a ten-day silent meditation retreat. In I have heard of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so I've done a few of those, and I suppose the the practice is to actually just observe the reality as it is, mm-hmm. um, and understand anicca, which translates to impermanence. Understanding that everything is impermanent, whether it's good or bad, it will pass. Um, so I suppose when you do have your two days, then you're like, you know, this will pass. And when you're also having a ten, you can't just get so attached to that feeling because yeah. that will also pass, and there will come a two again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do that or do you start dwelling on the two and then perpetuate uh, it? As- I try not to, to dwell on those, on those down days because, you know, it can bring you down, it can bring you down for, for days, for a few days, you know. Like something, there's some, been some recent events that have happened and, you know, it has put me down and I've been in a bad mental state and that's when, you know, the, it's, it's tempting to take the drugs again and, you know, because it just like numbs those feelings, you know, but uh, it's hard because you know that's fueling for, uh, you know, further down the track negatively. Like, if you just keep continuing being in this rut, it's hard to get out of. For sure, creates like a loop, hey? Yeah. If you go down those pathways. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is your relationship or has been your relationship with drugs and how are you now? Um, well, when I was 19, I moved to Canada, and uh, yeah, I think I think most young Australians, most people know what, what happens when you, know, you move to Canada. There's a lot of partying, a lot of drugs. We actually um, had that on the last podcast as well. You mentioned moving to yeah. Canada. Just shunning Canada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's... Yeah. I, do, I do love Canada. Canada is an amazing country. Yeah. You're not going to go there just for their drugs, but they are um, easily available. Yeah. I was the first time I moved out of home and had no responsibility. 
and yeah, I just just cut loose really, and just putting all those chemicals in your brain just it's just not good for you in the long run. So it's taken me a while to realize that you know, that's not the way. But um, but yeah, it is hard on those on those down days because it's kind of like just like an easy escape, really escape from reality. You it's definitely short about, term, yeah. though. Hey, yeah, it is short term. Mm. It's definitely not going to benefit you. But um, yeah, it's easy to get stuck in those in those ruts. Yeah, well, what I'm, what I'm trying to do now in in my life is just trying to overcome that. I've done pretty well so far from where from where I was, you know, especially after having the children. You know, you want to try to be the best role model. You try to be the best person, best version of yourself, so that you know you're a good role model. So I, I don't know if you've got any brothers and sisters, but. Hypothetically, you've got a younger brother that's just turned 16, 17, or coming out of school. They're about to head down to a similar path. What would you tell them? Was it worth all the fun nights? <laughs> well, smiles you know. in the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that you know, it's, it's not bad times you know, when, you're, when you're out having fun, you know, but. If I had a young brother, I would say just just have a control on it, on on your emotions, on your on everything. Really, don't try and lose track of yourself. I think that's a hard thing for young males to have. Mm. I don't think we get our frontal lobe till we're a little bit older. I think when you're like sixteen, seventeen, and you're trying everything as people do, I think it's really hard to control your brain at that age. Mm. I don't know. I almost think if I had advice, not to take over from your question, I would. Would you prefer them to be older, like when they dabble in things, or you still? Yeah, think? I, I would agree with that. I would agree. Like, I, you know, you see, you, you see young kids these days smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol, and like younger than sixteen, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I'm not for that at all. Mm. You know, I would if that if that was my younger brother, I would, you know, <laughs> discipline him. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I would just try and advise him to just be careful, man. Like, there's careful what you what you do, what you're taking. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, the um, like, I hear a lot of people going, "Oh, I don't do drugs. So I only drink now." And it's like, okay, cool, but. That's where I'm at. I'm just like, yeah, I, at the moment, I mean, I might have a beer once a fortnight or a month now. Like, I hardly drink at all now. But I suppose having had most of the vices in the past, you can look at it and you go, I don't know. Like, I, I see, I suppose this was brought up in the last podcast about, like, your parents saying, no drugs, like it's bad, but then they drink every night kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then you hear people come out of it. I think what you said is it, like, if you're going to dabble with it, that's it. Like, don't lose control. Yeah, don't. have a control of yeah. what you're taking. And just, like, know how much it's impacting you. Mm. Like, if you're going to try, well, whatever. But you've got to know that you're going to be negatively impacted on it mm. by it. Sorry. I almost think the just don't do it thing doesn't really work. I think what you're saying for yeah. sure, like, I think they need to, in schools, teach moderation instead of just, like, locking you out of that world because you just get out of school especially young males and they just let loose yeah 
definitely. There's definitely some other teaching. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like, definitely not encouraging it, but there's something. Yeah, because everyone, I think, almost at school, you get told how bad it is, and then you just like, yeah. you do it. And once you do the first thing, obviously, you're you're the next experiment. One. And yeah, so yeah. See how you're feeling. And Better education for sure. And this whole like turn eighteen and you can drink is just stupid too. Like, <laughs> but we won't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole rabbit hole. All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for coming on the um, Stillness Podcast, Robbie. Thank you, and, um, Rod. All the best with your family. Good job. Thanks, mate. Legend. Thanks for coming in.